Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com in the Northwoods of Wisconsin on the campus of Silver Tranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. And we're here having a fun time, hanging out, having conversations, you know, sometimes uh, making fun of each other, but that's all part of the discussion. It's really hard fun. to make fun of me, though I know, Jason, it's very hard. But um, it, it, you it can be a pretty broad sometimes. target, but for me, I understand. So Was that whenever, an insult at me? Whenever... <laughs> I, no, facts, you know, just the facts. Just, and I take it, things literal now because of you. I don't know why you do that. That's right. That's just strange. Yeah. Now, you know what, though? You live in a very strange time, so if you're strange, you might just be able to affect the community you're in. So. Oh, thank you. I'll, I'll take yeah. that one as a compliment, maybe? It is. Because I, the strange times are, they're so different yeah. than it used to be. There, nothing really turns out in life the way I think when you're young, you think it's going to be this way in life. It doesn't really turn out that way. I, a simple example, I am at the age where I'm, I have to mess with um, Social Security. I have to mess with Medicare. You know, when you hit 65 in our country, you have to get on Medicare, Yeah. you know, kind of thing. And, and you've paid your whole life into it. So you think, well, that's pretty simple. Just sign me up for it. And I'm, no, it is so complicated. It is so complicated. It's like, why is why as a nation have we created a system like this? Yeah. And I tell you something that has to be, they're making a lot of money off it. Mm. Now, I, I'm not sure they should be. Right. But they're making a lot of money off it because there's an awful lot of employees in places that are working at a lot of insurance companies, a lot of options. It seems like there's a lot of money flowing. And uh, I think if I ruled the universe or even the social security system, I would just make it simple. You know, mm -hmm. you're senior, you paid into it all your life. Here's the insurance. You got a, you know, $500 deductible, everything else we take care of. Thank you. Have a nice life. Yeah. But no, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. We make it so that a lot of people don't understand it. In fact, there are segments of it that if you don't get it within the first, I don't know how many months, because I haven't figured it out yet, you get penalized the rest of your life if you try and get that part back. Hmm. So you got to do it right away or you lose it. So you need to know that before you start. Interesting. Because you don't need it probably when you start, but you'll probably need it if you live 10 more years, you know, mm. kind of thing. And yeah. then you'll get penalized because you didn't get it from the start. Makes. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Not sense. So there are things in life that I guess, you know, this is a first world problem though. Right. Absolutely. So I don't want to act like I'm complaining because if I lived in a third world, I wouldn't be concerned about insurance. I actually wouldn't be concerned about doctors, and I wouldn't be concerned about hospitals at all. Yeah, yeah. So we live in a, a place that, if you want to put it in perspective, that's why we have the problem hmm. is because we are uh, sophisticated. And sophisticated. Ha and have a lot of stuff. It's a $2 and so we got to organize it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So your kids are growing up in a world where – it's totally different than you and I grew up. Yeah, it's no longer, I mean, I remember growing up, it was still the concept where, you know, the world seemed big. Right. You know, like even coming up to camp, it's like, man, that's so far away. Yep. You know, and we're only, you know, four and a half hours from the Chicagoland area. Right. You know, hour and 15, 20 from the Green Bay area. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, as a kid, those distances seem far and, and maybe they still seem far but the way that the world is connected now more so than i mean i still remember you know as a late um junior hire when we first got um dial-up internet yeah you know and that seemed like oh man i can instantly message right 
my friends because that was still slightly pre-cell phone days. Right. You know, and the whole text messaging thing. You know, I didn't get my first cell phone until I was a sophomore in college. Yep. Um, and and even at that, you had to pay for a certain amount of texts. So you still didn't text that much. Yep. You know, and, and then as that evolved, then they had the unlimited plans. And now it's like, you know, I don't think anybody pays for text messaging yeah. anymore unless he has a pay, pay-as-you-go phone or something. Yep. But, you know, so in, when you think about even just the technology and everything aside, like the young people nowadays, I mean, I dropped my son. He's in first grade. I dropped him off at school. But I mean, there's kids not too much older than them that already have phones that are probably just as expensive as my phone. Yeah. And I'm like, no kidding. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just a different realm. Like, I didn't even dream of having my own phone, you know, until I was in college. Yeah. The, the um, idea of having a phone like we have was never even in my and head. And even then, it yeah. wasn't the phone I had now. Yeah. You know, that was back in the days of the, the glorious flip phones. Yeah. You know, I didn't, well, ha- I remember I didn't that. have the coveted razor back then. I remember the but, bag phone. Oh, yeah. Where you put it in your car, you had this big bag. That's right. And pull it out. And you, you thought you were pretty cool if you had one you of those. You pull up the antenna. Yep, and, yep. You know, you hang on to it. I remember a toy one of those yeah. as a kid. Oh, man. To play with. You know, and so when you think about even just the the, the way that technology is and is, has advanced, it's shrunk our world and it's made our world more busy. And I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah, I think we're busier but less relational. Yes, one I would one hundred percent agree with that statement. And yet, everything that we've done seems to be about communication, which you think would enhance relationships. Right. You know, because even even myself growing up as a kid, yes, we had TV, you know, and eventually we had internet, and we still had video games. You know, like I was, you You're know, a I was. Pac-Man. I'm, an, I'm an '80s kid, and so I still remember. You know, I was. Old enough to remember when the first Nintendo NES came out, you know, which is a step above the Atari, right. you know, that sort of thing. So I understand that. You're like, yeah, that, that's the good old days. I didn't have either. So That's okay. Mm, yeah. And and we didn't have any a lot of it either, but either friends would get it or, or that sort of stuff. And so we had that growing up. But I still remember going out with my friends, you know, and we'd grab our bikes and we'd trounce all over the neighborhood. You right. know, we had a bike trail not too far from our house. You know, and of course we didn't just go on the bike trail. We went in the woods. We made our own trails in the woods. You know, sometimes we accidentally fell in the creek there. And that's what we did. We were just outside and we had to create our own adventure. And I feel like that, as we look at our young people nowadays, you know, I feel like that we, that we don't encourage them to do that as much anymore. Right. You know, and rather than that, and I even see it in the school system and, and no offense to any teachers out there, but the dependency that we have on technology and videos to educate our children is almost scary, yeah. you know, and I don't know if it's necessarily healthy, you know, like I, I just see what my first grade son does at school and we, we're in a, a rural school where he's got 11 kids in his class and that's, you know, the right. same amount of kids in his grade and the amount of dependency there is on technology. I'm like, man, you know, and so as I think about it, me being a parent, one of the things that my wife and I try to do is try to encourage them to be creative and to use their imaginations, you know, and so we try to limit screen time. We try to even limit plan things so that they can come up with ideas of, oh, let's do this now, you know, because you see, you know, even some people in later my generation, you know, say five years younger than me, now they're grown up and some of them were immersed in some of that kind of busyness culture where they don't know what to do now. Right. If they have downtime. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's very interesting because when you think about what's important in life, that hasn't changed. Right. It hasn't changed since Adam and Eve. No. So what's important in life is important for us to identify and see how the world we live in either promotes that or detracts from it. 
So my my concern as an old guy, as a teacher, yeah. is always, okay, there, there are basic principles in life that we need to apply, mm-hmm. whatever they are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care. For example, young people have come to me and said, you know, what do you think is uh, the problem with our government right now? What What is the problem? What do you see? And I say, well, it's the same problem we've always had. It's sin. Yeah. Okay, well, Dave, that's a general answer. Well, that is the answer. There is a problem with sin. Mm -hmm. And when there's a problem with sin, there's self-centeredness, there's greed, there's... Okay, so what we're dealing with is a problem of sinful people who are acting like sinful people. And and if we want to solve it, we need to get God in the middle of that formula. 100%. So that's all I'm saying. There's a... it, It doesn't really matter what time in history it is. A sinful person given a lot of power, authority, and money... Who, who is godless and is self-centered, that's going to be trouble. I don't care who it is, Republican, Democrat, Independent, King, Queen, doesn't matter. So let's deal with the problem instead of talking about political parties or whatever else. So what I want to do for Dave Wager, for my family, for your family, for those that we care about, let's identify the simple principles in life that we need to promote mm-hmm. because they're not going to change. I don't care what time in history I don't care. Let's identify them. And then I think a smart parent or one who loves their children will come up with a plan the best they can to promote the basic fundamentals in life and not all the fluff conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff that's going on out there, which you can't really figure out anyway. Right. Oh, yeah. And I know someone say, you don't think there's a conspiracy? Like, okay, you're probably who I'm talking to. Because the bottom line really is you can find whatever you want online. You can back whatever you want online. Right. That, that's irrelevant to me. Mm-hmm. What really is relevant to me is the truth that we know for sure. There is a God. We're not him. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start there. Yeah. Then there's a way that people are made. You know, Right now, the Nicolay Bible Institute, I'm teaching a spring class called Christian Life and Ethics. Really, what I want the kids to understand is something simple. They were made a certain way. That's what we're trying to discover is how you were made. Yeah. Now live that way. Yep. That's all I'm saying. It isn't overly profound, actually. Like, you're not made to breathe underwater, so don't live there. And everyone can say, Dave, that's silly. No, that's as simple as I think we need to make it. Don't live underwater. Right. Because you are made to breathe air and all that kind of stuff. So as a young parent of young kids... What I'd love to do is hear you kind of identify, here's an important principle that's timeless that I would love my kids to understand. And then we can chat a little bit about, okay, what what goals could you set to, I mean, how can you teach that then? Mm -hmm. Because the school, if you're trusting the school, the youth work, your pastor, that all may happen in certain areas, but I wouldn't count on those things, the most important things in life being handed to them and say they need to teach them, I just wouldn't count on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so come up with a better way to do it and make sure that you as parents are responsible. So let's identify a few. What would you say if you were going to look at your children, say here's some things I really, they're foundational, I want them to understand. You know, one of the things that, that my wife and I have been focusing on at the moment is, is though, I mean, one of our callings is to love God. Right. And so now we're looking at practical ways, all right, how do we pass that on to our, our, our boys? 
you know, and I've even dialogued with you about this, you know, because even, I mean, we're still in the effects of the pandemic. And so depending on what church you go to, it, you know, it's different. And, and regardless of the pandemic, when you have young kids, you know, if you're a parent of a seven, a four and a three year old, you understand this, you go through a phase in your church life where, you know, it's the introduction to like, say, Sunday school phase where it's either your child is willing to go or they're resisting it just because they're not used to, right. you know, and so we're in that phase. And so we're trying to figure out how do we reinforce what we're teaching at home in other ways to our kids? Why? Because we see the value and the importance of them understanding who God is. And we want not only for them to hear that from us, we want them to hear that from everyday people that they interact with in life, you know? And so, right. that That's important to us. And so we're trying to instill that with us because we understand that, some you have to be intentional about those things right you know because as we grow up you know you and i dave we have to be intentional about spending time with god right and so that's what we want to try to instill with them now is here's how you can be intentional regardless of your age to spend time with god right um and so that that's that's one of the biggest values that we're trying to instill within them yeah well i would encourage you with that you're right that is a the value simply is goes back to that basic we talked about there's a god right. i'm not him yep i need to respond to him right I, I need to spend time with him i need to get to know him yeah all right how do you teach your kids that number one way to teach anybody anything is to model it's it. to model it 100 percent. Yep. the problem sometimes at home is that we're too private about our relationship with god yeah we're too private yeah. They don't know what we're thinking. They don't know that we have one. They don't see what we're doing. Right. So what I would encourage you, I remember uh, I, I learned this really. My daughter, when she, she went to Northwestern yep. College in uh, Minnesota, and when she was there, she had written a paper for a class or something, and, and a lot of times she would send it home. My wife would read it to help proof it or whatever it might, whatever they did. And, and one of the papers she was talking about lessons she learned in life or something and one of the things that stuck out to her as a, a college-age girl was that every morning when she got up, dad, her dad was sitting in a brown chair, Bible open, in the living room. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay, that made an impact on her. Now, I did not know that until I read that paper. Yeah. You know, it was like, okay. So actually what I did was I got up years ago. I decided, you know, the kids sleep till this time. Yeah. If I'm ever going to have time with God that's quality, I need to be have some time where they're not up. Yeah. And I don't want to break into their time. I, I figured at a young age that God gave me a family, he gave me the ministry to do, and he gave me the importance of having a relationship with him. Those three things I needed to get done. Everything else in the world I didn't need to get done. Yeah. But those three things. So what I did is I set my life up around those three things first. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I would say is, okay, I've got to set my life up so that I can spend time with God. I have to set it up so I can spend time with my family. D yeah. Different levels, different children, different, you know, your wife's different than your kid. But I have to spend time doing that. And because I was called the Silver Birch Ranch, I have to figure out how to get that done as well. Now, what that meant was all the other stuff got put on the side. I didn't, mm -hmm. if you know me well, you know I don't watch movies. I, I don't, there's a lot of stuff in my life I haven't done. Yeah. Well, I've tried to do those three things, and some of the other things that aren't bad had to be put on the shelf. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, your boys like fishing, but when I was younger, uh, being in northern Wisconsin, fishing can be kind of an obsession yeah. with people. 
And so what I did is I decided not to even get a license when my kids were little so that I would never be tempted to have that happen to me. Yeah. When they wanted to fish, when they finally wanted to, I got a license. Yeah. And I went with them. Right. And that was my rule. If they're going, I'll go with them. Yeah. And now that they're out of the house, I have a fishing license, and I'll go out and do it. But the bottom line really was it wasn't that fishing was bad. Right. I was just making sure that it was in the perspective of the three things that was most important to me that I wanted to make sure didn't get cheated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes, I, I, I said, some wonder, so Silverbridge Ranch, that's where you work. I said, well, that's what I've been called to. So through the years, it's been important for my children to see that I take that calling seriously that I will rearrange my schedule for it, that I will rearrange my schedule for teaching children about Jesus. Mm-hmm. They understand that. We were, uh, the whole time they were in our house, we were uh, running a youth club in Anago. Mm-hmm. They understood that we, we revolved around that. We wouldn't go on a vacation that took us away on a Wednesday night during the school year because we had to take care of that. You know, it, it, was, very, it was very well known. Here's what operates this family. Right. That was the most important stuff we did with our kids is model it. Mm -hmm. So I encourage you, have conversations with your wife around the dinner table about something you read in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Make it a normal thing. Yeah. Don't don't make it a lecture. Some parents think they got to have a, a, um, like a family devotional. Right. I never had that. Mm Mm-hmm. So all the families that are shutting off the mic, their, their podcast right now, I never had that because I, what I tried to do instead is make the idea of the Bible normal. Yeah. So if I was thinking about something, I was reading something, I would just start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would talk to the girls. If, if I was looking at them thinking, wow, I wonder if these girls know how special God created my, I would ask them, do you know how special God created you? Do you know? And they would look at me. Eventually, that was just, oh, that's dad. I mean, he's going to go there. Yeah. Because that's where he goes. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to either of them today, that's where they go. Yeah. My one is a social worker in Milwaukee, works with um, kids and loves them and goes there all the time. Mm-hmm. My other's a teacher in a Christian school. It runs a bunch of ministry that goes there all the time. Yeah. They go there because that's what they observed. So um, I just encourage you, you, your wife, read the Bible in front of your kids. Talk about what you're thinking biblically in front of your kids, even controversies. Yeah. Talk about it so they learn how to talk about opposite ends of things without arguing. You know what I mean? How do you, how do, you do this? Some kids grow up only hearing arguments in the home when somebody disagrees. Mm-hmm. So then they get older, and that's how they disagree. Yeah. Um, I remember once I was working at my house, and my brother had somebody hired. He had a house across the street from me, Mm -hmm. and he had somebody hired working over there. And I'm out in my backyard, and I hear this guy that's working there screaming, just screaming. And so I I walked over. It was a father-son team they were working on fixing something. something he hired him and yeah he wasn't home but i was in my backyard and i walk over there and this guy's just screaming at his son you know and and i thought you know later i i knew the guy so i pulled him aside and i said what are you doing yeah uh th- that's just how we resolve things do you mm. know that that son to this day struggles with that's how he resolves things you disagree with him you get yelled at mm. 
And I thought, that's not what you want to model. Yeah. That isn't what you want to model. You want to model, you, you want to model the idea of walking with God. You want to model the normal, the normalcy of talking about the Bible, talking about how it applies to your life. You should even talk about, you know what, we, you know, we get paid a certain amount of money, you know, and the Bible talks about everything we have belongs to God, and just talk to your wife very simply about it. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? You know, and the kids are listening. Mm-hmm. You know, what does that mean? Yeah. You, you don't have to get into all your savings account with them or anything. I mean, that just, you want to spark the normalcy of a biblical, spiritual discussion. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, I'm a product of that. I mean, I grew up, my dad was always, he's a pastor. Yeah. Um, the one fortunate thing I had being a son of a pastor and the thing that my kids had, they could hear me teach a lot. Yeah. They knew where I took a stand. They understood it. I was their dad. They could see it at home. They could see it in public. So mm-hmm. either way, they got a good dose of here's what your dad believes. Yeah. Now, they could reject it, but at least there was a good example of it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that fits within how you and uh, your wife are working, but that's if the number one goal is, okay, I want them to know there's a God and love them, then somehow you need to portray the fact that you spend time with them and you talk about it as a normal part of your life. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And that's why, you know, we're trying to do it even now with our three boys is just trying to be intentional about that because it's not going to happen by itself. You have to be intentional to do that. Yeah. Uh, we could role play a little bit. You know, one of the things, you, you brought your kids over to my house and I pulled out a puppet once. Yeah, that's true. I, you know why I got that puppet? Exactly what we're talking about. Right. I was just going to work with my kids. Mm-hmm. And and every once in a while, pull this puppet out and have the puppet tell a story. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. Again, parents taking seriously the role that I need to do something. Now, I didn't overdo it. I would put that puppet away for a long time because you overdo it, it becomes nothing. But right. bottom line is, and you've seen your kids, and I won't overdo it with them either. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I'll pull it out. Right. And when I pull it out, they actually listen mm-hmm. and put it away. You know, I mean, go buy a puppet. It's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So to think of of encouraging ways to just do it in public, um, the students oftentimes, I will tell them, uh, there's a line and they'll just roll their eyes, but I'll say, go love God. And they'll look at me and go, and do it in public. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you mean? It's like what we're talking about, that's all I mean. Yeah. If, if you're going to read the Bible, don't, don't hide. Mm-hmm. Just pick it up and read it. Yeah. If somebody comes to what are you reading, tell them. Yeah. Um, actually, I learned that in high school. I, I went to a Chicago public school, and um, I don't know if I should be saying this, but there, there's some classes that didn't go so well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, except for, so I would just pull out my Bible and start working on something. Yeah. yeah so I was either a Sunday school teacher for kids or whatever. And I don't know how many times, it was mostly labs. Sure. That was yep. going on, and I was done with my lab or something, or didn't even do it. Or I, I can't remember. But I would pull the Bible out and be reading, and, you know, kids would walk up to me in high school. What are you reading? Yeah. i tell them, and, oh, well, what's it say? You know, it's it's not that I had to preach. Mm-hmm. It's just, if you love God, why don't you act like you love God? Yeah. And there'll be people who say you're stupid for doing it. There'll be people that admire it. But these are your children. Mm-hmm. Let them see you love God. Right. Let them see you talk about God. Let them see you talk about how God affects everything in your life. Mm-hmm. If you were to ask me how my dad chose a, a car to buy, 
He put 100,000 miles on a vehicle back in our day in two years. Right. Because of camp and everything. Do you know how he, he chose a car 100% of the time? Don't know. What do we need for ministry? Hmm. What would God use if we get to either bring kids to church or fill it and bring things to camp? What size do we need? Yeah. I never saw him ask, what's the most comfortable car? What would make me look good? It was always, what do you think would be the best way to use a car? And what kind of car then should we have? Yeah. And it was always about others mm-hmm. and what we were doing. I have never forgotten that. And I'm 65 years old. That's, that's like, okay, that's how you buy a car. Yeah. I didn't learn it from a lecture at school. Mm-hmm. It was just a question my dad asked. And yeah. We always had cars that were big. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't have a school bus. So. No, no. But we had uh, you know, a station wagon. We had a, we had a Volkswagen uh, van once oh really oh yeah yeah wow. 16 years old i had a volkswagen van and i was driving it and i drove it full of people to camp wow 16 look at that you were hep back in the day do you know though the funny thing is i used to have guys sway back and forth to get try and get another mile per hour out of it really oh those things were horrendously weak <laughs> <laughs> actually that vehicle back then did not last long i wish we would have kept it because now it's valuable right but that vehicle didn't last long because of the way we loded it. Right. It, it really, it, it was. I believe it was an air-cooled engine. So it wasn't meant to do what you were doing with it? I don't think so. I think it was meant to for hippies, and we were using it for work. Right. And hippies, work, don't go together. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Did I just show some prejudice or something <laughs> back there? <laughs> Uh, his name's Dave. Don't worry. It's Oh, come on. <laughs> Do you think there's any hippies out there listening to us? <laughs> you never know. I don't know. But if there are, Do you Dave, know what a hippie is? Do you know what a hippie is? <laughs> I don't, that was your era. It was. The peace, love people with, you know, never cut your hair, always had a flower uh, kind of thing. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just letting you do all the time. I know. I'm in, <laughs> you just how, keep digging. <laughs> how deep of a rut can I get into here? I, I actually like hippies, by the way. I like them. They're my friends. Um, if you ever hear me now, I have a couple guys now that are younger, and, and I call them modern-day hippies. I can and, see that. And they're, they like it. I mean, they, they laugh at me, and they'll just say, oh, yeah, that's cool. You know, it's kind of like, it's not a I think cut. there's actually a term for that. It might be, which I'm not aware of. I would say it, but I don't want to offend you. Yeah, anybody. that's good. <laughs> I'm just calling them. You know, in my day, there were titles of people, and most people didn't get offended by it. Believe right. it or not. Oh, yeah. Which is different. Yeah, because so, you had, what, greasers? Greasers, and... dupers, um, um, you know. They, I guess dork wasn't overly. So if I watched the movie Grease, would that, like, exemplify your era? What I have heard, believe it or not, is that the whole thing Grease was done at my high school. Oh, look at that. It was really about my high school. Oh, now, like, I am is, not... Like, is this a serious thing? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm not absolutely sure. Oh. But yes, my high school was like Greece when I went there. Yeah. It was like that. The the, the greasers and, and the uh, the white T-shirts, the cigarettes rolled up in the sleeve and the, wow. and the, and the greaser girls. and the, I mean, it was very, very, very much like that. Interesting. And I have a letter sweater because I was on the other side. I was a duper. 
Oh, okay. And so the the athletes were dupers. Okay. And and I had the sweater with the letters all over it. I still have it in my basement. Yeah. So it's still kind of a cool thing. Anyway, one of those weird things. We'll have to keep this discussion moving. That's right. <laughs> Sometimes we get distracted and yeah. then we run out of time, which yeah. is the case for today. But if you missed the, the important part of this discussion, yeah. feel free to head over to late365.com. And you could uh, catch it from the beginning or even tune into other um, episodes that we have. Uh, but we thank you for joining us. This is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older. And we will see you next time when you tune in. Take care. Bye-bye.